What's up, everyone? It's Kirby Porter, and welcome to another episode of Court to Corporate. We're sitting down with athletes, discussing their personal playbooks, and diving deeper into how it's translated to success and lessons outside the game and in the business world. Hey, so today on the show joining us, we have Alan Stein Jr., one of the world's top motivational speakers. Alan is a performance coach, author, and consultant that teaches businesses how to apply the habits, mindsets, and rituals of elite athletes to enhance their individual and organizational leadership and performance. Sounds pretty perfect, right? Alan gained this expertise as a performance coach working with the world's top athletes, including Kevin Durant, Victor Oladipo, and Markel Fultz. Through years of developing players at the highest level with Nike, Jordan Brand, and USA Basketball, he knows firsthand what it takes to be elite, and he is an expert in teaching industry leaders what those strategies mean for the performance of their business. Today, he'll be joining us to share his expertise and dive into what this means for you and your career. Let's get into it. Cool. So yeah, just just in preparing for this interview, I was reading up on the principles you outline, your workshops. Um, and what you advocate and anyone that knows me knows that my mannerisms and that I nod my head a lot when whenever I'm, I'm really resonating with something and I've never nodded my head so hard I think <laughs> coming up on a year <laughs> at least um, at least coming up on a year for graduation and almost a year into my career every single line of, of one of your pieces I read immediately and and tied it back to something that has happened in this past year or something that I'm still aspiring to grow to so this episode could not be coming at a more perfect time. Um, it's May right now as we're recording this. New class of student athletes are, are beginning their journeys and maybe beginning with a lot of questions. And so I know this conversation, as you mentioned, will break it down to the basics of what the first steps are for athletes embarking on a new journey um, or athletes that are beginning an internship or those that want to start thinking just a bit differently. So Let's hop into it. Um, I love the separation between, you know, the official job title of yours as a performance coach, speaker, author, consultant, and how you identify as a lifelong learner. So just tell us about your journey to where you are now. Sure. The best starting point is that, that basketball was absolutely my first identifiable passion. And I remember falling in love with the game at probably four or five years old. And I'm, I'm very thankful that here four decades later in my early 40s, that basketball still plays a major role in my life. And, uh, you know, it's, it's key finding that initial passion. And, and that's one of the, the things that I recommend to everyone, old or young, is you need to find what it is that you're passionate about, find what it is that you love to do and, and that you're good at, and then find what the world needs. And then you just got to get all three of those things to intersect and line up. So find what you love, find what you're, you're naturally pretty good at, and then find what other people find value in. And if you can find somewhere where those three points intersect, uh, then, then I, I call that your strength zone. And that's where you'll not only be your happiest and your most fulfilled, but that's where you'll also be the most impactful and influential and insignificant, which I believe is, is at least the underpinnings of what everyone is trying to achieve is, is some sense of purpose, some sense of meaning, and that's really the key to it. So, you know, I, I played basketball at a, a 
at a public high school here in the D.C. area, was fortunate enough to play down at Elon, down in North Carolina, uh, and then knew that I wanted to continue to make my living in the game, uh, so decided to become a performance coach, uh, which at the time was, was a strength and conditioning coach. And I really focused on everything except for the specific skills of the game. So my goal was to improve athleticism, uh, bulletproof the body against injury, uh, and improve all of the intangibles like work ethic and mindset and so forth. And after doing that for almost 20 years in the youth and high school space, I was just ready for a change and ready to make a, a pivot in my own life and decided to take everything that I had learned through the game uh, through all of the amazing players I'd had a chance to work with, all of the wonderful coaches that had poured into me, and decided to take all of the most important lessons with the highest utility and apply those to the business world and the corporate world and, and really do that now as a speaker and as an author and, and bridge that gap. I, I consider myself kind of a translator because I translate everything that was learned through basketball into things that people can apply to their daily lives and to their, their businesses and to their work now. So uh, even if someone doesn't have the basketball background or the passion that you and I have for the game, they can still learn the same lessons. And, you know, as you just mentioned, you've trained and worked with some of the best of the best, Kevin Durant, Victor Oladipo, Markel Fultz, and the list goes on and on. And it, it translates to the clients that you have today. You're now consulting industry leaders um, and employees on just the basics of what you just mentioned, how to translate that framework of thinking and those mindsets to enhance their performance and to enhance their culture. So t- tell, us some more, tell us more about just the fundamentals of why this is a need space. Why, why do you think companies are asking for this today? One of the things that, that's unique about my journey is You know, uh, having worked at two really good high schools here in the D.C. area, um, Montrose Christian, where Kevin Durant graduated from, and DeMatha Catholic, where uh, Victor Oladipo and Markel Fultz and and several others graduated from, you know, I I got a chance to see really, really talented players before they made it big time and before they made it in the NBA. So I got to meet them when they were 14, 15, 16 years old, and I got to see the before picture, if you will. And then I also had an opportunity to work a bunch of events for Nike and Jordan Brand and USA Basketball, and I got to see some already established players like LeBron James and and, uh, Kobe Bryant and Steve Nash and Kyrie Irving. So I got to see the after picture. So I'm very thankful that, that my journey has allowed me to see the before and the after of what it takes for someone to be really elite at their craft and, and at what they do. And it just happens that basketball, you know, was that platform that I got to see, but it's the same principles and strategies that apply to anyone that's trying to master their craft or, or uh, be elite in their their domain or their industry. So that's really what I do is, you know, I I take the habits and the mindsets and the rituals and the routines that I learned from those players and show people how to apply them to their businesses uh, so they can be more effective leaders. They can be more impactful teammates. uh, They can do their part in creating a winning culture. Um, You know, all all of the, the sports talk that you and I are so familiar with, there's lots of businesses that, that it's not as fully ingrained. And a lot of the things that, you know, I almost took for granted because it was just the way that you were supposed to do things. Uh, A lot of businesses aren't putting these very basic principles and practices and strategies into place. Uh, And, and those that have the humility to acknowledge that 
there are things they can do better and there are things they can learn and they need to continue to focus on the basics. You know, those are the ones I really jive with because um, they're very coachable. And, and I'm saying that in air quotes on our audio podcast here, but they're coachable and they're open. And I've never been around a successful player or coach or leader in business that wasn't coachable, that didn't want to get better and didn't want someone to offer feedback and suggestions and help for them to improve. And, and to me, the, the two foundational starting points for anyone is one is, is having the humility to be coachable and recognize that no matter who you are and how good you are, you can still get better and you can still learn new stuff. And then the other is just having really high self-awareness and, and knowing what it is that you do well, but also knowing what it is that, that challenges you, you know, knowing what your hopes and dreams uh, and aspirations are, but also acknowledging what your fears and your insecurities and, and your downsides are. And then just making sure that, that with that, that you live a life that's in alignment with you, you, your habits and your, your daily behaviors are in alignment with who it is that you're trying to become and what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And uh, that's one of the things that I've learned from these players. You know, when a guy like Kobe Bryant goes and works out privately, his workout is in perfect alignment with who he's trying to become as a player. You know, he's not saying he wants to be a great player and then goes in and gives a, a half-assed effort and, and just does some casual shooting. Everything in his life is in alignment with where he's trying to go. And, and that's one of the big, big takeaways for folks in business is making sure that everything is in harmony with what it is that they're trying to achieve. I think something you just mentioned in terms of taking it for granted almost, I think coming from our perspective, it's both fascinating and encouraging to see that corporations are devoting their resources to implement these mindsets that are just inherent to us or are, are just a byproduct byproduct of our experience. Um, and overall, I think it's just a simple equ equation that speaks to the market value of student athletes. With that said, I, I do think, and I've mentioned this before as well in this podcast, sometimes athletes struggle with the with the when and the how to apply their intangibles, um, you know, how to use these mindsets and strategies to propel themselves ahead in the absence of real work experience sometimes, or what to channel as you move from your career to your job. So, I mean, in your, your experience across all the tools you bring to companies, why, why do you mention performance mindset as the first step for athletes? and applying what they have learned from their athletic experience? Well, one important thing for athletes, and, and I know that many struggle with this, especially those that play all the way up through college, is they have somewhat of an identity crisis because they've, they've identified as a basketball player or as a football player or as a volleyball player their entire lives. And then once they technically are done playing competitively after college, which of course is, you know, 99.9% .9 of all uh, everyone that plays, um, they, they don't really know who they are. This is when they start to search for kind of that self-awareness because they don't know who they are if they're not, you know, uh, the basketball player that they've always been. So uh, John Lucas, um, longtime NBA coach and player, just a brilliant basketball mind. He had told me very early in my career, he said, you know, basketball is what I do it's not who I am. And to be able to separate the two and be able to say that, Hey, this is, this is something that I love. I'm passionate about. I've worked hard to develop the skill sets. It's been a great platform for me, but that doesn't define me as a human being. I'm more than just a basketball player. So the first step is, is making sure that, 
that when you you leave the sports world and you're entering the work world that you can make that separation and and you have the self-awareness to recognize um that you're going to have a new identity and create that new identity and you can use all of your experiences from sport and pick the ones with the highest utility and use those to make you good in this next chapter of your life or the next thing that you'll that you'll be approaching so i mean that's that's one of the reasons that that I love companies that do have a preference for former athletes is because they recognize that those those intangibles and those skills with high utility are something that can be transferred into any area of their life. So, but it's important for for folks to recognize that and create that new identity. Something something you've broken down before is the the importance of the unseen hours and I think just in addition to the performance mindset the second biggest thing for me at least is and just reflecting is the unseen hours and how that has carried so much value. I think it's a basic principle that we all relate to is that you didn't get to where you were by doing what was just asked of you, right? As you just alluded to the Kobe analogy. When you look at your your college career, nobody that got better over the course of their four years did so by just being there for practice, coming in at four when it's time to start stretching and and leaving as soon as you break the huddle. Um, And I think that's why it's so easy for athletes to continue to go the extra mile, to do the unseen hours, because when they reframe the experience for their job, sometimes it's just what they want to do. Um, You you define those unseen hours as, as one of the two things that make the best the best in the corporate world. Why, why do you see that as a fundamental? Because most of the hours in our lives are the unseen hours. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, even, even an example is, is of this podcast. I mean, right now, while we're recording, that's kind of what's seen, or I guess in this case, what's heard, but all of the preparation that both you and I put into preparing for this to make sure that we'd have a, an impactful and helpful conversation, that's what took place during the unseen hours. And it's those hours that will ultimately determine whether or not this is a fruitful and helpful conversation. And, and same thing, you know, players know that, you know, yeah, the, the game on Friday night is what everyone's waiting for, but it's what we do leading up to that game during the unseen hours before and after practice, you know, with our nutrition, with our sleep, uh, with, with studying game film, all of those things will determine whether or not Friday uh, will will be the outcome that we want. So the unseen hours are crucial. And, and this really parallels in business and especially with startups and, and entrepreneurship is how much stuff needs to be done during the unseen hours. And, and as much as I, I, I do truly embrace technology and I embrace social media, I think they can be uh, very um, powerful uh, platforms for a lot of things. That's one of the downsides of social media is I think there's too much emphasis put on the seen hours and the flashy and not enough on the unseen hours and what people are doing uh, in order to be successful. You know, uh, at the time of this, of this recording of you and I, uh, the Golden State Warriors won their third game in a row last night against the Blazers in the Western Conference Finals. So they're up 3-0. And I believe this was the third game in a row that Curry's had you know, 35, 36 points and shot really well from the floor. I mean, he's, he's having an amazing series. And, you know, the average person would just look at that and, and just be blown away by how good he is. But, but you and I both know how many unseen hours a guy like that has put in in order to perform at that level on a big stage. The, the millions and millions of repetitions that he shot in an empty gym when no one else was there 
that allow him to, to perform at an elite level on the biggest stage when everyone is watching. So, you know, a guy like Stephen Curry is the epitome of someone that has put in so much time and effort and reps and blood and sweat and tears during the unseen hours so that the seen hours are remarkable. And, you know, a guy like that, yes, he's an extraordinary talent, uh, but he's, he's not lucky and he's not this good by accident. It's cause and effect. I and mean, he's put in the work to deserve an opportunity to shoot this well in the Western Conference Finals. And um, that's why these unseen hours are so important. And, and, and too many people try to skip them and they just want, hey, you know, I want to make nine threes in an NBA game. Well, yeah, well, there's going to be a lifetime of unseen hours that will determine whether or not you'll ever get that opportunity. I, I think what would be interesting to hear from you is like, how do you bring this to entrepreneurs or business leaders that um, sometimes may not have that same experience, as you said, um, that don't have that same athletic background? What do you, how do you bridge the gap? What are the analogies that you gave, give them in their business setting um, to understand how that exactly translates? Like, what are those those moments and what are those reps for them in business? Well, let, let's compare, all right, let's just compare like a, a basketball game on Friday night to a sales meeting that someone's going to have on Friday morning. So uh, to prepare your team for the basketball game on Friday night, I mean, yes, you're going to do all of the basics. You're going to make sure that your, your team is eating well, uh, they're getting plenty of sleep, that they're doing all of their, their warm-ups and their, their rehab, that uh, you're going to design practices that certainly work on the fundamentals, but you're also going to de design a practice that has some strategy based on the opponent that you're playing. So you probably will scout the opponent and watch some film. You'll know their personnel. You'll know what their, their players can do well and what their players struggle with. You'll know what some of their sets are they run, what types of defenses they run. So you'll study them and then you'll incorporate that into your practice. You know, you'll make sure you practice with intensity and focus. Uh, and, and you'll do all of that leading up to the game so that you put yourself in a position to be as successful as possible. And of course, all of us that have played sports know there's no guarantee that you'll win that game, but the goal is to do everything in your power to put yourself in a position to be as successful as possible. So that if you do lose, you lose simply because the other team was better or the other team was better that night. You don't lose because of lack of preparation. You don't lose because of lack of effort. You don't lose because of a bad attitude. Uh, and, and, and if you lose because the other team was better, it still sucks and it still stings, but you can live with that. It's when you, you don't focus on the things that you have control over that makes it a problem. Well, we can make that very analogous to a, a sales meeting that someone would have. I mean, certainly you need to be doing the basics of what you do, uh, but you also need to know that you know your product and your service inside and out, that you, you need to know, you know what it is that, that you're able to do that adds value to them. And then, of course, you have to know on the other side, the person that you're trying to make the, the sale to, you know, what, what's the actual problem that they have that you solve? Uh, what, what is the, the pain point that they're experiencing? Why is your product or service a good fit for them. This is not about manipulating them and or coercing them into buying something. It's making sure that they realize that they have a problem they want resolved and your product or service is actually the perfect fit for them and being able to explain that. So during the week, 
you know, are, are you studying up on their company and their culture and what it is their problems are and what they need and how you could be a good fit? Uh, are you doing some role playing with your colleagues and say, okay, well, here's some possible objections that they might have. Here are some ways that, that we can overcome those objectives, objections in a way that shows them that this fits. And then everything from, you know, I want to make sure that I'm appropriately dressed for that sales meeting, that I leave plenty early so that I'm not going to be risk running late or be flustered. Uh, I'm going to make sure that any of the materials that we're going to share during the sales meeting uh, have been proofread and that there are no grammatical errors. And if I'm going to be using technology, if I'm going to show them some type of presentation, have I made sure that I have all of my cords and, and have I double checked it and gone through a walk? Like you're going to do all of that to prepare if you're smart and your goal is, is to be an elite level sales professional, you're going to have the exact same approach as a basketball player or a basketball coach trying to win that game. And when you can put it in those, you know, those types of lanes, then all you're doing is making sure that you're putting yourself in a position to be as successful as possible for that sales meeting. And you're not trying to trick someone, manipulate them or coerce them. You're simply going in there with all of your preparation and research to show them that what you have to offer is a great fit for solving the problem that they have. And if you can do that, then you don't even need to ask for the sale. They'll ask for the sale. They'll start pulling out their checkbook or their wallet or whatever because they know that you've done the preparation to show that this is a great fit for both of you. So it's, it really is. I mean, the, the, the transfer and the parallels between sport and business and in this case, sport and sales. I mean, it's, it's incredibly high. Yeah. And I think at the center of that and what we, what you just discussed is the ownership of your output. There's this, uh, there's this quote by, um, Carrie Walsh Jennings from the Freakonomics podcast, um, as she was discussing her founding of P1440 and immediately after hearing it, I knew it would be something that I would refer to back time and time again as a reset or as motivation, whatever is needed at the time. She states, I am the CEO of my life. I do not want to give the reins of my life and my success to someone else's hands, and I do not want to be kept small. And this was really important for me to hear just months into my career, because I, and, and as you just mentioned, as athletes, your whole life, you own your performance. You own your output, right? You know, you you already are an entrepreneur in that you decide what you put in in the current moment to perfect your product, which is you. And it's important to not let that die. You have to carry that sense of personal ownership over to something as important as your career. And at the, at the center of that ownership, and, and what I love that you talk about is the importance of living in the present. And in my mind, I think a lot of shaping your own path is in your ability to live in the now. Um, through, through your per personal experience or what you have seen in effective leaders, What's, what is so key about living in the present that athlete, athletes need to know and, and what's comprised under that? Um, you talk a lot about the next play mentality, um, you know, getting the most out of every single experience in, in front of you. So, so what, what does that mean to, to what you bring to companies? Well, when I was working with basketball players, our goal was always to get them to play present. And now that I, I no longer am working with players directly and, and advice that I give myself or aspire to have is the ability to live present. And that is be in the present moment. And I will say that in my opinion, it is without question, the most important skill set and mindset that one needs to have in order to achieve true happiness, fulfillment, success, significance. I mean, you fill in the blank. 
However, with that, I will tell you as a 43-year-old father of three children, uh, an entrepreneur, a speaker, and an author, and a coach, being in the present moment is without question the biggest challenge I face every single day of my life. Uh, and, and I think if most people are being honest, uh, it'll rank pretty highly with, with their biggest challenges as well, because uh, we're often so easily distracted by the past. What happened five minutes ago, five days ago, five weeks ago, five years ago, and especially with the, the preponderance of, of social media and being blitzed by stuff 24-7, we also get very anxious about the future. What's going to happen five minutes from now, five days from now, five months, five years, and we spend so much time either looking back or looking forward that we're robbing ourselves of, of the present moment, which is the only part we should, you know, that's the only moment we should be really concerned with is what's happening right now. Uh, what can I do right now that will take me closer to my goals? What can I do right now that will, you know, increase uh, a connection and a relationship? What can I do right now? And, and that's the mentality that we need to have. And uh, it is, it is really hard because it's easy to get sucked in to the past or uh, to the future. You know, the, the example I use, and, and this is one of the reasons why I believe that elite players are elite players. Uh, certainly many of them uh, have been born with some physical gifts that a lot of people weren't born with, but it's their ability to maximize those physical gifts and to stay in the present moment, which is why they're elite. So uh, using basketball, since that's our, our common ground uh, in, our, in our past, you know, if you turn the ball over or you miss a wide open layup or the referee misses a call, the sooner you can wipe the slate clean, forget about that and move on to the next play, then the higher your performance. You know, if, if you choose to to get into your feelings and pout and be disappointed or whine and cry and have bad body language or trot back on defense, well, now you're taking one mistake you know, a turnover or a missed shot, and you're compounding that into another mistake, which in the game of basketball would be, you know, not getting back on defense. So uh, there you are, you, you miss a wide open layup on one end and cost us two points. And then you choose to put your head down, be dejected and trot back on defense. And your man now just scores two points on the other end with a wide open layup. You've turned one problem into two. Uh, and same thing in, in any of it, you know, may, maybe I, I choose to reach and lunge at you on defense instead of making and moving my feet and you go by me. Well, I can just sit there and pout about it, or I can try to sprint to recover and get back in front of you, or uh, I can wait till you shoot and then box you out. The, the sooner you can move to the next play, uh, the better your performance in any area of life. And same thing in business. Uh, I mean, at the fast pace of business, there's going to be things that, that happen all of the time that are analogous to a turnover or a missed shot or the referee missing the call. And it's a matter of whether you sit there and wallow in it or do you move on. And uh, same thing when something good happens. I mean, if, if you, you hit a big three-pointer, but then you stand there and you dance and you're shimmying in front of the crowd, same thing. That's going to end up costing you on the other end now, too. So it's, it's not just when things don't go your way. It's the ability to constantly move to the next play. And this doesn't mean that you don't celebrate little victories, and this doesn't mean that you don't try to learn from previous mistakes. You have to do both of those things if you want to be uh, successful. You just don't invest all of your time there. Uh, you glance back, but you don't stay there. And, and just to close out, you clearly you are at the forefront of bringing this narrative to the corporate setting 
What is the most important takeaway from this conversation for athletes as individuals on on how to maximize their value as they move forward? Uh, I would say in, in a few bullet points, one is to really make sure you, you recommand your identity, that you realize that, that sports have been an influential part of your past, but they don't define who you are, and they definitely aren't the ceiling on the value that you can offer others. Uh, two, have incredibly high self-awareness and really get to know yourself uh, and what it is that you do well so that you can find that triple alignment between what you're good at, what you love, and what other people need. And hopefully wherever you choose to work or whether you choose to start your own business and do your own thing, you'll find those three things in alignment. That someone's gonna hire you, uh, and you and your job description is what you love to do and what you're good at, and clearly it's what they need. And then you'll be in a, in a strength zone. Uh, next would be continue to focus on the basics. Don't try to skip steps. You know, embrace the process just like you did as an athlete. You know, think back of everything you did to get your mind and body ready to play sports at a high level and then figure out what those basics are in your new line of work and figure out what it is that you need to do uh, to perform at your highest level and add the most value uh, to your team and to the clients and customers uh, that you serve. And then just continue to be a lifelong learner and work on your craft and, and be open to finding as many ways to use the utility you learned in sport and apply those to business because it will be your great separator. It'll be something that'll, that'll uh, allow you uh, to add value in ways that maybe other people can't. And, and it makes you uh, that much more integral to the, the culture and the success of the organization that you work with. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. As always, please let us know in the review section your thoughts and any topics you'd like to hear discussed. We'd love for you to join us on Instagram and LinkedIn to stay in the know and keep up to date with our community. The information for both of those handles will be in the episode description. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed and we'll be back for another one soon.